being taught to avoid talking about politics and religion has led to a lack of understanding of politics and religion. What we should have been taught was how to have a civil discussion about a difficult topic. Throughout history, whenever great injustices existed, youth movements have risen up to combat and end those injustices. You have organizations out there like the Center for Bioethical Reform. The Center for Bioethical Reform. Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. Organizations like the Center for Bioethical Reform to receive public funds when they then use to attack a woman's right to choose. Abortion kills all kinds of people, so then all kinds of people can join the pro-life movement to save these babies. I was talking to a young man on the streets of Toronto. I spoke with a woman named Lucy about abortion. Today we were doing choice chain in downtown Regina. By the end of the conversation, she was completely pro-life. He then walked away 100% pro-life. Completely pro-life. We should remember that each of those babies that die every day in Canada not only have the right to life that's being violated, they also have the right to artifacts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pro-Life Guys podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. We are two guys who are passionate about ending the killing of pre-born children in Canada. And this is a podcast dedicated to giving you the tools that you need to change minds and save lives from abortion. My name is Peter. I'm the host of the show. With me once again is the one, the only Cameron Cote. Hello, sir. Peter, it's good to be back. Glad to be here as the year winds down. It is an exciting time as we reflect on all that um, the Lord has enabled us to do this year. And it's crazy to think that it was only a few short years ago that we were stretching to reach hundreds of thousands of people in Canada with the truth about abortion. This year, amid uh, a global pandemic, we we reached over 4 million views of our projects already, which is pretty unbelievable, especially when you consider all of the restrictions that we've been abiding by and all that kind of stuff. It has been a good year and it's a good time to reflect on how incredible our team is of volunteers and supporters and how good God is in um, helping us reach this goal and and reach so many people in Canada. Yeah, you're, you're 100% on. And I'm looking forward to the episode that we hope to do in just a few weeks time, December 29th. Uh, which is a Tuesday. We're going to do a year in review. So Cam's talking about a reach of 4 million views across Canada this year. Uh, we want to talk to you about how we did that, just share a little bit about some of the projects and some of the work that we have been doing here at CCBR. But this this episode, we hope to talk a little bit about the conversations that you're going to have this Christmas season. Before that, let me give a brief shout out. We have a few uh, a, f- a few. Uh, podcast listeners, I hope you're listening right now. Kara321, you gave us a five-star rating and you said, thank you guys for your boldness and standing up for babies and women and everyone. The world needs more strong men like you to advocate for the preborn. Kara321, thank you so much. And Pro-Life Californian also gave us five stars and said, excited to see another Pro-Life pod. Here's to changing hearts and minds. That's right, Pro-Life California. Here's to changing hearts and minds as we seek to end the injustice of abortion. Thank you both for your rating. Thank you for your comment. And uh, and those comments and those ratings really help our reach on podcast platforms, believe it or not. 
uh, if the podcast platform algorithm sees that people are engaging with the content, engaging with the Pro-Life Guys podcast, writing reviews, uh, comments on episodes and rating the episode, it dis- it determines that this is a popular podcast and our podcast uh, um, results, our podcast ends up higher in the results on searches. So those, cont- those uh, comments and ratings are really helpful. And at the end of the episode, we're going to share with you how you can win a copy of our favorite pro-life apologetic resource, Stuck. The book Stuck, A Complete Guide to Answering Tough Questions About Abortion. All right, Cameron, here we are. We've been told not to talk about politics, not to talk about religion, and most certainly not to talk about abortion. Uh, And most certainly not during the Christmas season when all of us are just trying to get a little bit of cheer in our lives so is this something we should follow? I mean, is this something, uh, should we talk about religion or politics and, and specifically in our case today, abortion with close friends and family members as we enter into this Christmas season? Absolutely. I, I absolutely think that we need to be talking about abortion um, at all times of year. And and I think that it is also appropriate to talk about with our friends and family as we get into this Christmas season. And, and there's a couple of reasons why I think that's the case, not only because for many of you, Talking about abortion is a very central part to to your year, right? This is something that you're very passionate about. This is something that you've dedicated a ton of time and energy into over this past year. And while you may not define yourself by your pro-life outreach, this is something that is very central to you. And I think that especially in this time where we're reconnecting with friends and family members, when we're sharing about um, ourselves and and connecting on on a genuine level, it makes no sense whatsoever to avoid topics that we care deeply about. If, if we genuinely care about the people that we're meeting with, our, our friends, our families, um, that kind of thing, then it, it doesn't really make sense to only talk about surface level and um, non-controversial and maybe things we're not super passionate about, right? Like, I'm passionate about things that are not super controversial, right? I'm, I'm passionate about the Seattle Mariners and how they seem to choke year after year and how they can never seem to to actually win the AL West. Um, and yet that that's only one thing that I'm, I'm passionate about. It's not the only thing I'm going to talk about. I'm passionate about things like talking about abortion. I'm passionate about my pro-life worldview. And I think that it does a disservice to the people that I care about to avoid topics that I care about. If, if they want to know who the real Cam Cote is, you're going to have to talk about things that I genuinely care about. That that includes my faith. That includes uh, my political uh, worldview, I suppose. And that, that includes my pro-life worldview as well. And so I think it's absolutely um, appropriate to talk about um, abortion during the Christmas season. Though I think I'm really excited to, to share through this episode how we can do that appropriately. Because obviously there's some people that don't think that it's appropriate to talk about abortion in particular, right? You're 100% right, Cam. And, you know, I think it goes without saying none of us lives with inside, within a pro-life bubble, as it were, right? That every single person in our lives is pro-life and um, everyone wants to talk about abortion. There are people in our lives, whether it be in our families, whether at school, whether our neighbors, whoever it might be that we're close to, our friend group. There are people who think, yeah, we most certainly shouldn't talk about abortion. I was just thinking about uh, when you when you were 
when, when you were speaking a little bit earlier about some of the people that I know are listening to this podcast who have had phenomenal years changing minds, who have seen uh, babies be saved and who have had just a record reach in their communities, all volunteer going to their communities, uh, going door to door, having conversations, dropping off literature and doing so in a phenomenal way. And so, yeah, a significant part of their lives. I'm thinking about my my schooling. I'm a student, Cam, as you know, and there are a good number of people at my school who support abortion to varying degree, degrees. It's a, a, a Christian university, and yet still uh, there is a lot of support for abortion. I just uh, did a, a presentation the other day about a project I was doing, and it, the project was surrounding the topic of abortion. And while I was delivering this presentation, the, the, the class was just dead silent. I, 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 I started the presentation being like, I, I know there are different opinions here at the school, and I know that many of you might disagree with me, or perhaps you'll agree with me, uh, and yet here it is, in, and uh, had a really good discussion, and there were some questions afterwards, not in the class, but uh, via email, uh, about the topic I was able to engage with them after. Yeah, and, and I think that's so important to, to recognize. And, and while I don't necessarily want to speak on behalf of all the people listening, I, I think that sometimes there's this misconception that people like you and I who are working full-time in the movement, yeah, we, we live in this kind of bubble where we don't know what it's like to have friends or family members who support abortion. And yet, like you said, we, with your class experience, and and honestly, from my angle, while I'm, I'm incredibly blessed to have very, very supportive um, parents and siblings when it comes to my pro-life work, the vast majority of my extended family, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, are not pro-life. They, they are either passively or sometimes even actively supportive of the pro-abortion worldview. And so it's important for, for you guys to, to realize that, that um, Peter and I have had experiences of talking to people like, like Peter mentioned in his class. I, I think of when I graduated from university and we did this big family dinner and one of my aunts said, okay, well, well what now? Are, are you going to be pursuing um, graduate studies? Are you going into the private sector? What's your plan? And when I said that I was going to be working full-time in the pro-life movement, her jaw kind of dropped and she just asked, why? <laughs> and and so like, <laughs> I've had lots of conversations with friends and family members, very close family members, very close friends that I went to high school with, that I went to university with. Um, and this is an important topic for each and every one of us to to talk about, right? Because it it might be easier even for you over the Christmas period to just talk with um, the people that you know are like-minded. I, My brother is an absolute rock star. We are on the same page for everything. He's a much better man than I am. Um, and it, it's really easy for me to just hang out with him the entire Christmas season <laughs> rather than engaging some of my aunts and uncles or cousins that might um, have a little bit more friction in them. But that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, and I'd like to touch on some points or some tips, I guess, that we've learned, Cam, uh, uh, from our experience talking to people. But before that, let's just highlight some pros and cons of talking to people that we know about abortion. I mean, perhaps some of us will be at family get-togethers, perhaps Christmas parties, if your, uh, if your restrictions in your particular area allow it. Whatever it might be, we're going to be seeing people, uh, p- perhaps people that we haven't seen since last Christmas. Cam, what are some pros and cons about talking to 
our family members, our friends, those around us about the topic of abortion? Yeah, this is a good question because these these conversations can take on a different flavor than what we're used to when we're just door knocking or doing choice chain and talking to complete strangers in the general public. Um, I'll, I'll start with the cons that, that I'm sure many of you think of um, when you when you start thinking about talking to, to family members about abortion, that, that obviously you care about the relationships that you have with your your close friends and family members that when you're talking to people at choice chain you can kind of relax when you realize i'm probably never going to see this person again whereas with your friends and family members you might say you know what there's a lot more riding on this conversation if i offend them if i put them off then they might not want to be my friend anymore they might not be comfortable chatting with me i might get ostracized from my family so obviously that's a con and, and obviously as well there are inherent power kind of structures and relationships within families that when you talk to people downtown, while they might try to attack you and, oh, you're so young or what do you know, this kind of thing, really you're meeting them on a on an even level as peers. Whereas when you're talking with family members, it might be really awkward with the power dynamics that, that aren't necessarily super formal. But when you're talking to your parents, obviously there, there's an inherent family structure kind of authority level in there. When you're talking to your grandparents, when you're talking to your aunts and uncles, and you've always been um, little Cammy from um, the, the Cote gang sort of thing, the, the guy that they know all the funny stories about and whatever, um, there might be some inherent um, kind of power dynamics that, that go into it, I guess. Those, those are the two cons that kind of come to my mind. Is there anything else that springs to your mind, Peter? Or should we talk about the pros? Yeah, no, hit us with the pros, sir. Cool. Um, so, so the first pro that I think is that you have this experience and emotional capital that you can you can build into your conversations. When you're talking to people on the street, you don't know them from a hole in the wall, and you don't really have any shared experience that you can rely on. They don't necessarily know you as being somebody who is a genuine, caring, loving human being. They they don't know. Um, any of your educational or, or family background, you've got that with people that you know. They know that you're hopefully a, a reasonable human being. They know that you care about more than just abortion. They know that you're an, basically, uh, for, for lack of a better expression, a normal human being. And also, you've got the opportunity to have a continued discussion over a longer period of time. Again, at, at Choice Chain, you might never run into somebody again. They, that might be the only pro-life interaction that they have in the year, in the decade, in their lifetime, for all you know. And so you're trying to capitalize everything. You're trying to ram everything as much as you can into that conversation. Whereas when you're talking to a sibling, um, you know where to find them. <laughs> you're, you've got an ongoing relationship with them. You don't need to run the entire race within the span of a five-minute conversation. You can plant a seed and trust that you're going to have another opportunity a couple weeks later, a couple months later, who knows when you've got that relationship that allows for that extended conversation to occur. Yeah, and that's huge. I'm thinking of the activism that we do going on the streets to high schools, colleges. Sometimes you just wish that you could have an extended conversation with these people. You know, sometimes people are running to class or they only have 20 minutes or so, but it really would be beneficial for the conversation to be able to extend it, to talk a little bit more, to share some 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 arguments perhaps from other people, some articles maybe. And this is an opportunity with the people around us that we can we can actually do that. We can engage in civil discussion, we can engage with the disagreements that we have and do so in a way that we have this ongoing respectful conversation. And so we want to touch on a few pointers that we have learned. Um, they're pretty straightforward, not uh, not revolutionary in any sense. Some of them we got 
uh, were inspired by Greg Kokel's book, Tactics. Uh, Tactics, a game plan for discussing discussing your Christian convictions. It's a great resource for having conversations, for managing conversations. But here's here's a, a few pointers. Cam, what's the first one, sir? Boom. So the first one is going to sound super intuitive, um, but I, I implore you to integrate it into your conversations. Don't be weird. What I mean by that, so th- this is a great theme that I've actually taken from another pro-life resource called Persuasively Pro-Life by Trent Horn. It's a great book on how to how to change minds, that kind of thing. He's a great apologist, but this great theme of don't be weird. I feel like pro-lifers are often really weird in this conversation because we're anticipating pushback. We're anticipating conflict. And so we don't handle a conversation very well because we're so on edge that we need to get our points said and we need to respond to things charitably. And and we're thinking so much about abortion because that's what we do as pro-life activists. And yet the people that we're talking to don't think about it all that often. And so we end up coming across super weird. Um, and that hinders our conversations. Again, at Choice Chain, um, I'm just going to go out and say it. Like you've already embraced the weirdness. You're you're out there holding a sign of a child who's been killed by abortion. People are going to think you're weird regardless. Whereas during the Christmas holidays, during any kind of holiday, talking to your family, we need to be aware of what the situation, what's going on, and what fits in that particular situation. Are you going to generate an audience when you don't really want to? Are, are you sitting at the at the dinner table, you're doing your Christmas dinner, and your cousin just leans over to you because there's a lull in conversation and asks like, hey, so 2020, crazy year, right? And you just fire back like, yeah, I, I talked to this guy at Young and Dundas, and he was totally supportive of abortion, and he thought that it was cool that, that we killed um, pre-born babies just because they're girls. What do you think about that? And there's just like crickets at the dinner table. And now everybody is the audience. Everyone is waiting on what your cousin is going to say. Remember that when people feel like they're in a competition, when people feel like they could be proven wrong or or um, incorrect or whatever, they don't want to do that, especially when they have an audience. And so when they have an audience, they're not going to want to engage. And you're going to be super weird by bringing that up in that context. Does that mean that there's no context to bring it up? No, absolutely not. When you are milling around your your living room when people are just kind of chatting with extended family, if you're able to see extended family, yeah, have those conversations when it's kind of one-on-one, when it's not um, having that that pressure from an audience of, oh, uh-oh, um, here we go, ding, 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 round one, um, that kind of thing. You don't want to have an audience. Um, one other thing is just allow your your conversations to flow naturally. I feel like we're anticipating people to jump down our throats and that might happen at Choice Chain. But again, you have that personal capital with friends and family members. And so when people say like, hey, so what, what's been a highlight of your year? Absolutely share that you were talking to people about abortion and you saw somebody's mind change on abortion or, or somebody decided not to go through with an abortion um, appointment that they, that they had scheduled. But then don't leave it hanging. Don't just like, uh, leave it hanging to be super awkward. Be like, yeah, so so that was super inspiring for me. What about you? What has been like, like just allow the conversation to flow naturally and not expect that they're going to jump down your throat. So you leave that big awkward pause and, and make things awkward, I guess. For point number two, uh, it's, it's pretty simple. We've called it know the limit, play within it. I think that's a, a, a line from some lottery 
which I don't do. So we will redeem the phrase here, know the limit, play within it. And what we mean by this is when you're in conversations, when you're you're navigating your way, as it were, through the conversation, through you know what to bring up, uh, try and understand uh, the flow of the conversation. Be conscious of where the other person is, perhaps emotionally, uh, perhaps they're just you know sick of talking about it, and realize that you don't actually have to achieve everything. Cam, you referenced this a little bit earlier at choice at choice chains, which is one of the projects we do here at CCBR. We we have these signs. Uh, of abortion victim photos and we we bring them to the public square to engage with people to show them what abortion is but in in these choice chain conversations we're often trying to get as much information in perhaps uh, in a shorter period of time get people to really understand the humanity of the preborn children really get to the, the heart of the matter as quick as we can because we often don't have a lot of time with people but here just in these conversations with your your personal connections you don't need to achieve too much and risk the relationship and the opportunities for further conversation down the road. And one really, really important principle wherever you are having conversations is this. is it's If anyone gets angry or just absolutely uncomfortable, you lose. You're, if anyone, you know, if, if tempers start to flare, uh, whether it be you, whether it be the other person, um, if you make the conversation so uncomfortable... Uh, that is just, you know, you, you can't go on, you lose. You, our, our goal is not to make dinners uncomfortable. Our goal is not to make people uncomfortable with just the topic. I mean, we want to make people uncomfortable with the act of abortion, but we also want to make sure that we can have continual, uh, continuous, ongoing conversations with those around us. Exactly. And and I think that's a great way to understand that point. And the third one kind of goes along with it, that we talk all the time about the value and importance of questions. And that's certainly something that we want to maintain within these these conversations we're having as well. Questions are not just valuable when we're out on street corners talking to complete strangers, but they're good for every kind of conversation because they draw people towards that conclusion. And yet one thing that we can build in here that we might not necessarily be able to build in to our um, street corner doorstep conversations is leveraging that shared experience and personal capital. We, I've mentioned this a few times already. People know you for, for who you are. They've known your life journey as well. It sounds like a, a weird way to say it, but like they know where you've come from. They, they've seen you um, in your, your high school, whatever, um, student council. They've seen you go off on mission trips. They've been a part of your childhood passions and and maybe even been part of shared hardships that you and your family have encountered at various stages. And this is an opportunity that may allow you to leverage some of those, to demonstrate how credible arguably you are. You know what? I, I went on that mission trip when I was in grade 10 to this third world country and help them build a, a well because I was really passionate about helping people in need. And and yet I've realized in North America, there are few people who are in greater need than the preborn. Things like that can lend credibility towards this position that, I mean, it, it's easy for anybody, your family included, to um, discredit the pro-life worldview as being a whole bunch of Bible thumping kooks or, or something like that, that, that is completely inappropriate and and inadequate um, and and inaccurate, I should say, and and you can leverage how reasonable and how caring and loving of a person you are by reminding them that this is consistent with your worldview. Or if you've had a massive conversion, if your family is not Christian or, or doesn't have a pro life worldview, 
and and you've come to this in recent years, you can share how this is part of your consistent worldview. You know, the 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 reason why I support freeborn children and I'm opposed to abortion is the same reason that I think it's important to be involved in soup kitchens and um, aid to women shelters, that kind of thing. Allowing yourself to leverage that personal capital, the, the awareness that they have about your life and about your passions and interests and whatnot to help them understand how reasonable and how appropriate the pro-life worldview truly is. That's right. And I know that many of you are planning on continuing your activism. I know that many of you are planning on continuing to have the conversations to reach out to those around you, not just in your families, but also, you know, downtown in the city that you live in. And uh, especially during this season, I don't know if you're, you're locked, you're locked down or you're not locked down or what the restrictions might be. But we do want to encourage everyone to continue having these conversations, continue talking to those around you about abortion. We, we don't want you to not abide by the regional or local health regulations that have been handed down to you, that uh, the jurisdiction that you're under. Uh, but we do want to encourage you that whether it be with people at home, whether it be with people in your neighborhood, uh, wherever it might be, we want to encourage you to continue having conversations with people about abortion. And I was th- as I was thinking about this, Cam, we often talk about having conversations with people about abortion. One of the projects we do is a project where we don't have any conversations. It's a postcarding project where we have literature that shows preborn children in the womb living and developing alongside images of aborted aborted victims, uh, abortion victim photography. And we, we drop these off. We, we go mailbox to mailbox to mailbox, dropping them off. Um, and that's another way that we can bring the truth about abortion to the people around us. Yeah, this is a great project during lockdown because it ensures that you're not having close proximity conversations with people. You don't have to have the conversation about whether to wear a mask or not, all that kind of stuff that we're not going to get into here. Um, Obviously, be prudent in doing this. Probably don't be delivering these on Christmas Day itself, maybe. But um, and also, like, if, if you get to somebody's mailbox and there's a clearly wrapped Christmas present, like don't sneak it inside of the Christmas present so that when they're opening the Christmas present, they get the abortion pamphlet as well. We have to realize that um, there is some degree of appropriateness that goes into thinking about abortion. Obviously, we we need to be careful on that. But we also have to realize that abortions are being performed all the way through this Christmas period, right? I, I'm sure that some clinics will probably take Christmas Day off, but I wouldn't be surprised if at least some of them were performing abortions literally on Christmas Day. And so we have to balance the urgency with realizing that this message may not be received very well if it's been rammed inside their child's Christmas present um, because we thought that'd be a great surprise tactic. Um, Find a balance, find a way to get it in there so that people do have the opportunity to realize just how horrible abortion truly is, just how urgently we need to end this injustice in Canada, while also... um, kind of respecting the, the Christmas traditions, don't put it in Frosty the Snowman's hat for when, when the snow melts or something like that. Just just use your common sense, I guess, on yeah, that. Those are those are great examples, Cam, of being weird. That's uh that's yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be, be weird. weird yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and one last thing I'll I'll put in that that we have to keep in mind. I, I know that we're talking about this lockdown is happening during the Christmas break, but during this lockdown we have to keep in mind that urgency, right? That with financial stress and general uncertainty, 
the likelihood of people contemplating abortion is probably going to be higher than it normally is. Those are two massive factors that may lead somebody towards considering abortion. And so we need to be as active as ever, if not more active than we've ever been, because while our favorite retail store might have limits and might have um, even closures because of the pandemic lockdowns and whatnot, I assure you abortion facilities are not performing any fewer abortions right now. And so we absolutely have to stay engaged on this issue. We need to maintain the urgency. We just need to be prudent and have that common sense as to how we do it. Yeah, most most definitely. We've all um, we've all seen images, Cam, of what abortion is. If you're listening and you haven't seen an image of what abortion is, we do humbly ask that you you would. I mean, you would Google it, you would find an image and see what sort of injustice is happening every single day in, in the country that you're in, most likely, where, wherever you're listening from. Cam, we, we've seen images of what abortion is. We've seen the little hands, we've seen the little feet, the beautiful little faces of these children, all broken and dead from abortion. And it makes me think of a quote by Dr. Monica Miller when she said, and I quote, we need to appreciate that when we gaze upon such an image, we are not simply looking at what abortion does. We are confront, but we are confronted by a someone who by that image takes his or her place among us and calls us to bring an end to the ideas and actions that sought to cast them out of the human family to begin with. That is the call, not just of us, not just of the, of, the, of your favorite pro-life guys, but of every single image of an aborted victim. And so when we engage with people in conversation about abortion, when we show people what abortion is, the, the real truth of abortion, we are joining our voices, our voices to thousands of others by saying this will not happen on our watch. We are going to continue fighting and we want this to stop uh, outright here in this nation. So our call for you uh, in this time of financial stress, as Cam mentioned, in this time where while other businesses are being shut down, the abortion industry is not. Uh, on the contrary, it's thriving. Do not give up. Uh, do not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will, we will reap if we do not give up. Well, at the beginning of the program, I promised that we would talk about a giveaway that we are doing a, a chance for you to win the book Stuck, a complete guide to answering tough questions about abortion. How can you do that? Well, we want to, to give away, Cam, I'm going to make this commitment right now. We're going to sign it. Um, so we're on different ends of the country. We'll make sure that this book is signed by the author and the pro-life guys ourselves. Here's what you need to do. Find our podcast, The Pro-Life Guys, on your favorite podcast catcher, Maybe that's Spotify, maybe that's Google Podcast or iTunes or Stitcher or some really random one that three other people use um, because no one else knows about it. So find our podcast, rate it. Now, some podcast catchers don't have the rating option, um, but if it does, please rate it. Uh, we, we hope you do a five star. Uh, we, hope, we hope it's five star. And write a review uh, about the podcast or a comment under an episode. And this is your entry to win this amazing pro-life apologetic resource. One thing we do ask, now we, we follow what happens on the podcast catchers, but sometimes we miss things, eh, Cam? So one thing we do ask is that you take a screenshot of your rating and a comment and send it to us. You can do it through various ways, email at prolifeguys.com. Uh, you can send it through our website or through Instagram messaging or Facebook messaging. You can find us, the Pro-Life Guys podcast podcast. For your chance to win a copy of Stuck, 
a complete guide to answering tough questions about abortion. We also have a huge sale going on right now. When I say we, I mean the organization we work for, the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform, on all of the books that we sell, which includes that, which includes Stuck. It also includes Patriots, the untold story of Ireland's pro-life movement, Seeing is Believing, Why Our Culture Must Face the Victims of Abortion, A Guide to Discussing Assisted Suicide, and The Culture War by Jonathan Van Maren, which explains the sexual, how the sexual revolution transformed Western civilization and details how we as Christians were caught off guard by very well-planned and b- very brilliantly executed strategies implemented by secular activists. Basically tells how we got to this current cultural moment. You can find that on our website. We'll also put the link in the show notes. 30% all off all of those books. I don't know when that ends. I think by the end of December. Um, so so do go as soon as possible if you want to get those books. 30% off and, uh, and get some pretty amazing pro-life resources. Cam, any final thoughts, sir, before we wrap this up? Um, again, just a, another follow-up on those books that maybe you've even got them. These are great gifts to give to other people. It may not be the most glamorous gift that you give your, your friend or, or parents or siblings, but these may be some of the most meaningful gifts that you give them because it can help them transform our world, right? That, that this might not be glittery and, and glamorous, but you know what? They if, if these books help them realize that they need to be active in the pro-life movement, if it mobilizes them, if it gives them a greater understanding as to how we got here, that is a great gift that you can give um, education and awareness. Um, and they're really well written as well. And so I, I definitely recommend them there. And I'd love to hear about how your conversations with your friends and family members go. I'd love to hear uh, what went well, what was difficult. Maybe we can help... Um, that that follow up conversation sort of thing, right? We we talked about how talking with family members and friends means that you've often got multiple opportunities to interact with them. Things go really poorly on your first or second or third um, attempt. Let us know, and hopefully we can help troubleshoot so that you can maybe get a breakthrough or plant a seed that'll that'll come to fruition later on. Have those conversations. Let us know how they go. This is what this whole podcast is about. It's not just about. Um, racking up more and more five-star ratings. It's not just about having more and more people listening to Peter and I blab um, for hours on end. It is about giving you the tools that you need to change minds and save lives. And so use the tools, share with us what went well, what didn't go well, and hopefully together we can work towards a more pro-life country and more pro-life world. That's right. And so everyone, as we end this episode Let's get out of our comfort zones. Let's go out and have conversations so that we too, every one of us, can see people change their minds on abortion. It's very, very, very possible with the apologetics that we use and see little human, little precious human lives saved from the injustice of abortion.